Hello and welcome to episode four of Group Therapy. My name is Derek and with me today I have... My name is Luke, I'm in sales. My name is Kiefer, I'm in sales. And Jason Bainey over here, you've seen me before. Guess where? In sales. <laughs> <laughs> today we're checking out 22 Rimfire Trainer Rifles. So what we are talking about here today are 22 rifles that you can use to do long-range matches or even just get into long-range shooting at a more palatable level. So Luke, why don't you tell us what we have here on the table? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to start here at the bottom, work my way up here. Got a CZ457. Next, we got a Bagara B14 trainer, Voodoo rifle and a Manners composite stock, another Voodoo and an AI chassis. And uh, Tika T1X here in an AI chassis. Um, not represented here on the table today. We also are going to be going into on shoots as well. Because how could you not mention them? Absolutely. They're one of the founders. So the whole point of this is you either want to practice with your, say, match rifle, like your PRS rifle or something, but you want to be able to do it for a whole lot less money for ammo. You want to do it with less recoil. And also... You don't always have access to the distances involved in PRS shooting. It's much easier to find 100 and 200 yard ranges where you can simulate that kind of bullet drop over that distance. So uh, a lot of these rifles are designed to mimic a match rifle, but some are just designed to just get into long range shooting because 22 is the best round, I think, that you can use to get into long range shooting with. I agree completely. There's, there's no alibis with that extra barrel time. It's harder to shoot a 22 well than anything else so center fire you can mask a lot of bad habits where the rim fire follow through and having that long barrel time on that ammo is going to really show you the fundamentals yeah because you can get something like 40 to 1 rounds of something like a 6.5 creedmoor to a single round of 22 correct or vice versa so you can shoot 40 times more 22 than you can a 6.5 creedmoor cost wise yeah and you hit the nail on the head there. The whole idea of this is is to get trigger time. The more time you spend behind the trigger, the better you're mm-hmm. going to be. But with 22, me personally, since I started shooting 22, I've become a much better shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm able to read the wind better. I'm able to oh, yeah. to, to, to dial better. Uh, just my trigger time, and that has kind of referenced over into my center fire, mm-hmm. which has made me a better shot on them as well. Absolutely, because if you're looking at 22, 22 comparison at 200 yard has very similar wind drift ballistically as a 308 at a grand or a 65 Creedmoor at 800. Yeah, and then around 300 seems like it's closer to shooting a mile, basically. Yeah. Yeah, what's uh, what's what's dope for a twenty-two after three hundred? About fourteen, fifteen mils, yeah, something like that. Thirteen to fourteen. Last yeah. time I was out by comparison, and six-five created at a thousand, but eight, mm-hmm. eight and a half, something so, like that. So let's talk a little bit about the differences between what we have out here on the table. From yeah. if you want to say from mild to wild. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. So basically, what we have are some pretty damn nice twenty-twos, to be honest. And uh, what we have here, I would say, represents a very solid choice, a very safe purchase. And if you're getting into 22, I do want to add that if you just happen to have an old 22, you can still use that. You're, you're, you want to be more selective about your scope selection, but we'll, we'll get to that later on. But uh, yeah, something like this rifle here in particular, this uh, CZ, the stock that's on it, the Aluth AR stock, you can get this down to a length of pull of what, 11 inches? About 11 and a half. Yep. 11 and a half. So if you're trying to shoot this with like your, your sons, for example, your sons, you don't have anything yet? Nope. Nope. But um, it's one of the shortest length of pull factory rifles in, in Rimfire that's still able to be extended out to 14. Yeah, 14. Yeah, it'll so. accommodate everybody for yeah. sure. Yeah. So. Let's also adjustable comb as well. So that, yeah, so that's, that, that's, that, that's a critical piece too. Very, it's also adjustable comb. I think all of these have these in some way. This one you kind of have to space out. I right. think but the, all of these the have. Manners a, actually goes down to about ten and a half. So with so. with that in mind, do do we want to talk about what type of features that you really should look for in a twenty two trainer rifle at any budget? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think main thing main thing to look at is one. 
adjustability because especially too with having kids or wanting to get other people involved 22 is one of the easiest way to get people introduced into the shooting sport so if you want to look at something as like a chassis rifle something along those lines cz makes an awesome chassis for those rifles um mpa mdt ai if you want to go the whole way to the top of the line mm-hmm. so you can work your way up same thing with the mini chassis here from manners and the nice thing too especially here on your Bergara and your voodoos is that it's a remington 700 footprint so they take remington 700 triggers as well yeah so, so any of the triggers uh will work you know uh that's the beauty of that you don't need uh it, just any of the the diamondbacks any of the triggers will work yeah and that's the same thing too and not saying that the trigger in the tika and cz are bad at all they oh, are fantastic they are fantastic yeah. for a factory trigger as well that you can get down consistently and reliably to about a pound and a half well speaking of triggers it is even more instrumental in a 22 to have a really nice trigger because a lot of times by the time you pull the trigger if you have any movement that bullet's going so slow out the end of the barrel, you actually yeah. can move the rifle before mm-hmm. the bullet gets out the end. Yeah, yeah, that's the, I would say, and that's the key with room fires trigger control because even pulling on one side of the trigger versus the other, you're going to see it at downrange. Yes. Maybe not so much at 50 yard shooting group, but once you start stretching to 100, 150, it's really going to start <laughs> exaggerating that. Just hail marrying that thing out. Oh, there. yeah. We're on a center fire gun. You might not start noticing that till you hit three. Four, five hundred yards. We've all shot twenty twos to three, four hundred yards. Yeah, it is so satisfying to squeeze a trigger on a piece of steel at three hundred, and you wait about ten minutes, and that, <laughs> yeah. and that round Dude. hits. Uh, yeah, that that is just that is very fun. Oh, and especially too, especially I we don't have one represented on the table, but get a souped up 1022 and you can mag dump out there at 300 yard. Yeah. You have then five you have of them 10 in echo. the air <laughs> yeah. before any of them hit. Then you have 10 echoes yeah. coming back at you. That's It's mm. awesome. Well, one thing I did want to mention, just so people know, uh, rimfire triggers are different than centerfire triggers. Right. So you cannot dry fire uh, rimfire triggers. Right, and that's that's more to do with the firing pin than the trigger itself. Correct. Though. So yeah. I don't want somebody to get a twenty-two and go home and practice dry, uh, dry firing. <laughs> there are just, you know, just go to the range. Just get snap caps. Dry fire practice. Yeah, there are snap caps or yeah. yellow drywall anchors. My wife gets so mad when I'm when she does laundry after I've been out at the range because I have mm. yellow drywall anchors all through my pocket <laughs> and I stick in my twenty-twos to help protect but my chamber face. To illustrate why, for someone who might not know, um, on a traditional center fire rifle, if I use this scope to to uh, Simulate the case, and you have your 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 firing pin right into the primer, right in the middle, and that sets it off. Totally safe to dry fire because that's just going to go into nothing when you squeeze the trigger on a rim fire gun. Hence the name. It's not so much a cylinder, a a, a pin that hits the primer. It's like kind of like a flathead screwdriver shaped thing that hits the the rim, the side of the case. And when that typically bolt is, either at twelve o'clock or six o'clock. Yeah, and when that bolt is in the rifle. And you dry fire that that uh, that flat face firing pin is going to strike on another piece of metal inside the uh, chamber area, and that's going to eventually kind of peen that off, right. and it's Breach not going to be very effective. Peen a peen a burr into the chamber. Basically. Yeah. So uh, a couple also times, mess up the firing pin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple times, not a huge deal, but you <laughs> definitely do not want to make a habit of that at all. Uh, one thing that I do want to talk about, especially with you, because you have a very in depth background on internal ballistics on 22s uh, more so than me so when it comes to things like barrel length Mm -hmm. normally on a centerfire rifle the longer the barrel the more your velocity and that'll help you cut through wind it'll be a little bit less drop there's a point with every round where there's a sweet spot of you know having a barrel that's too long for for a practicality with a 22 though you're not chasing velocity because you still want the round to be subsonic so what can you speak to anything about barrel length and accuracy and velocity and that sort of thing yeah absolutely with rimfire though this is the fun part about rimfire is that there's a lot of theories it's very tough (laughs) to prove really anything with rimfire because it's very very lot sensitive and based on different lots of ammo which that's a whole conversation we'll get into later here in this episode but Mm -hmm. um it only takes 16 inches of rifling to stabilize a 22 bullet so if you look that's why and it legally and for legality purposes anyway. Most barrels you'll see here, like on the CZ-457 here, it's 16 and a half. They offer 16 and a half, 18s, and 20s. So as you work your way up the spectrum, your 16 and a half inch barrel, you're going to have, it's going to, it's almost like a bell curve on a 22 when you're looking at barrel length. So it's going to be fast here, 
fast that you're 16, 18, and then about 20, 21, it kind of peaks off. And it starts dropping back down once you start hitting 22, 23, 24. So the longer the barrel is actually going to start slowing it down. It's, it's used up its energy from the charge. Yeah, and correct. Now it's just it's hitting that the friction. drag is yeah. overcoming. So if you look at it for practicality standpoint, if you look at a lot of rimfire benchrest shooters, their barrels are going to be between 22 to 24 because they want to keep that muzzle velocity around 1060, 1050, 1060, because they're only shooting 50 yards. And so through extensive amount of testing from rimfire benchrest shooters they're keeping it around 1050 to 1060 for 50 yard shooting where in the conversations that we're having now going through with long range we're trying to squeeze every ounce of velocity we can out of these things without going supersonic how much velocity change i know this is a loaded question of course but can you can you speak to a general average as far as velocity between a 16 and a 20 inch because on a 308, for example, that might be 100, 150 feet per second. On a 22, it might be what? It's we, only roughly maybe 15 to 20 feet per second. Yeah, we that. just talked about this, ironically. This 18-inch uh, barrel mm-hmm. uh, actually is putting out uh, 1089 feet per second. Okay. My son's 22 is a 20-inch barrel. It's basically putting out about 15 feet per second more. It's Same not gun. that much. Same it's, exact it's gun. Still a voodoo. Still a voodoo. Yeah. Uh, just a uh, difference in barrel length between 18 mm-hmm. and 20. So it's very, very minimal. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to barrel length, especially on a 22 trainer, there is the the argument of you want your rifle to feel about the same balance as well as your comp gun or your standard center fire rifle. And that's why these that's why these AIs uh, that I brought along here. Uh, that's that's the direction I'm going for some things, and I'm really glad that AI is uh, doing the the ATX stock in. The ATX chassis, which isn't out yet, but they're doing one to fit the T1X and Remington. So T1X, uh, I love that rifle since it came out. Had one for a few years. That one, uh, the one here in the uh, Elite Sand chassis, um, that is a prototype chassis. That one's got about 5,000 rounds through it. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you what's also funny about seeing, if you looked at this table from a distance, not maybe not counting this one, you look at this and go, okay, we got some, got some, some six five, some three oh eights in there. If you're not betrayed by the magazine, and what's funny is you see all these badass rifles. You get one up on the line, you look looking all badass, and all of a sudden you squeeze the trigger and it goes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no recoil whatsoever. We've all been there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But uh, what do you have there, sir? Is, is that a fifty? Ca- no. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing we didn't talk about uh, either mm-hmm. was was suppression on these. Uh, you yes. Know, we pretty much yep. all do shoot suppressed. Yeah. So, um, and that's that, just hilarious. It is. I mean, literally, uh, no sound. Especially, no, just, especially you when you're training people, you can sit there without hearing protection all yeah. day. And you know, when I and that whole you, you mentioned the whole length of pull thing earlier, mm-hmm. which is vastly important to me because my young sons, I've I've had shooting these guns. So you know, anywhere from the ten and a half to eleven and a half, and then on the AIs. They they min out at around twelve and a half, I believe, which my nine year old can get on comfortably now. He's been shooting actually my AX since he was six, and that's at twelve and a half length of pull. But ten and a half is definitely better for a shorter stature uh, to get started to get comfortable. But having that flexibility, if you're going to get kids, ladies, you know, just shorter stature people involved, that's incredibly valuable. And if you are running rifles similar to these. If you have the opportunity to put a full-size stock to make it feel just like your rifle that you're trying to get good with, you know, by all means, you want to do it. I mean, but, uh, when it comes to suppressors, twenty-two cans are not too hyper expensive. And now, now with uh-huh. and now with the ATF's e-file, I got my my Surefire five-five-six can back in two months. Yeah, uh, I mean, and and twenty-twos with with barrel lengths like this aren't really that loud to begin with. You can probably get away without. Having a suppressor and it's still pretty darn quiet. Right, but this with the can it on, so it nicer. is Hollywood yeah. quiet. I mean, like you can you can dispatch groundhogs and your neighbor won't notice. It, it is when you're shooting still at 100 yards. Actually, the the mm-hmm. bullet hitting the steel is louder than the whole firing yes. process. Yeah, when you're shooting yeah. dirt yeah. at 50 yards, the it's louder pin. than yeah. the fall of the firing pin. Yeah, is as loud as the actual report of the gunshot. It seems so. Yeah. It's just hilarious. And going back to the ballistics with the same thing with centerfire, you slap yeah. a suppressor on this, this is going to speed it up as well. Yeah, because there's still just a little bit of pressure coming yep, a through that can. little extra poof out there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's kind of a that was kind of a little bit of a misconception. Sometimes I've heard guys talking about on a twenty two that if you put a suppressor, it actually slows them down. No, it still speeds them up, just like a center fire rifle. A little bit, yeah. But I mean, not as drastically, but it's still. I mean, it, you said it was what a fifteen feet per second between eighteen twenty inch. Maybe it's twenty feet per second between sixteen and twenty. Maybe. Yeah. How much of an how much of an impact does that actually make when you're doing three hundred yard twenty two, two hundred yard twenty two? I mean, drop. I mean, it's not much. It is, and it's especially too like whenever we get into the whole ammo testing conversation, is that extreme spread when you're talking about long range rim fire is going to be key. When yeah. You're looking at like you. You would take a lower velocity if it's way consistent. Absolutely. And yeah. we can, I was going to say, we can get in, we'll get into and that. Rim here. fire is inherently very inconsistent from lot to lot. Yes. So yeah. that's and, the whole thing. But to a degree, especially if you're practicing, like you're not going for match shooting, like straight out performance, you're just trying to learn. It's okay if your bullet drops more over a distance because that's, that's what you're here for. Yeah. So it's okay if you're not having the utmost in velocity. As long as it's relatively consistent from a learning standpoint, that's good. Yeah, it's but, a little different on rimfire than centerfire, though, because you're losing RPM. So you might have a load that's yeah. killer, you know, hitting baseballs at 200, but then at 300, you can't hit a full-size silhouette. Right. So, so what you're saying is the speed down the barrel, the extra 20 feet per second, whatever it is, is might, might add 50 yards to translate your, that yeah. translates the faster it goes through the barrel the faster the bullet actually spins right. so you, you're getting a little bit of an increase in the rpm stability of the bullet so the higher feet per second is definitely better for longer range and that assumes you don't custom make your barrel with some twist like if you were to make a 20 a long range 22 just from scratch what would you uh, twist rate be i would still I'm playing with a one and nine. It should be here in a little bit. So <laughs> mm-hmm. that might be a conversation later on a podcast that we can have, but I'm going to be playing with one. But for right now, it hasn't really been proven. It hasn't so been proven or denied work going on, yeah. but it's still out there. So right now the standard is one in 16 twist, one in 16 or one in 16 and a half is what you see coming out of all manufacturers. Yeah. You, your nine twist made me think of my Mark 12, which is actually an eight twist, but mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of it. Um, I have a 22 kit for my ARs. And one of the things that I like to do is get some practice on those things, just as just in the same way that you guys would with the bolt guns. And through my Mark 12, I just put a, a, a 22 kit in there with some 22s. I kid you not, the feet at 100 yards was yards big. <laughs> but I had some of that uh, suppressor ammo, that 45 grain American Eagle, and 200 yards. It was doing that. You know, that's you know, another like, softball size group. Yeah, a softball size group at, at that, and and those. Out of an AR. Out of an AR, because those 22 conversion kits, that bullet has to pass through two inches of freeboard. Two inch freeboard. Because, that's a 1 in yeah. 16 twist, isn't it? Well, mine's an 8, eight twist, eight but his, his, his 9 kind of re- reminded me of that whole thing. And it was actually very good, but with the ammunition that it liked, it was fantastic. But with that other ammo, I forget what it was, it was just terrible. I don't blame the ammo. It's not designed to right. be accurate in there, but mm-hmm. it just goes to show how how... Uh, different. The more fine you get in development, will eliminate some things from mm-hmm. working. Yeah, less, less, less and also, like yeah. That. I mean, don't forget, a lot of guys have precision ARs that would benefit from this. And what I'd say, even though it's not going to shoot near as good as something like these guns here, do a group at twenty-five, fifty, hundred. See what the rifle just does. If it's doing a two-inch group at fifty yards, and you just extrapolate that out, and you and you know what to expect. Just loosen loosen your accuracy standards there and if you're shooting down at distance you'd still be able to determine what is a good hit or not from that not the best solution but for less than 200 bucks for a conversion kit and you have your rifle not some not some stand-in or some other gun i'd say that's 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 worth looking at well yeah getting any of the extra trigger time is good and even the uh ground up you know 22 ars Mm -hmm. that are out there uh, Smith and Wesson and P15 been running those for a little bit as well. That also helps in the length of pull discussion because mm-hmm. those go down to around ten and a half or eleven, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. So I used that initially starting off. I believe his, this is ten and a half. Yeah, these uh, the manners is ten and a half, which is really good for use. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, one reason why when we originally got them, Jason and I talked about uh, getting those stocks because uh, it's going to last our kids the rest of their lives. Right. You said manners CS is what this CS, is. Yep. Yep. CS. 
Oof, look at that. Yeah, they're very... Yeah, looks like they didn't finish it yet. Looks like it was cropped in Photoshop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, while we're kind of messing around with the rifles here on the table, I wanted to... This is something we didn't cover earlier. Magazines for these rifles. Yep. So, CZ has their own Go ahead. proprietary mag. Five or ten shots as well. Same thing with Bagara. Bagara comes with tens. They're also doing fives now. Well, that's an AICS pattern, isn't it? Yes, yep. and that's exactly where I was going. And that's, that's where the development is going. That's where the trend is for that the trainer is where, aspect. Yeah. So you can use the Manners uh, uh, bottom metal. You can use their mini yeah. chassis. You don't need to use a 22 stock Correct. or chassis. Correct. And that's, or the old banana. Remember the old banana? Yep. Uh, where such as on still on the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> such as on shoots and CZ or the banana style mags where yeah. you have the 10 rounds and everything like that. But that was a massive game changer in the 22 world from Voodoo. Game was the, changer was the AICS pattern magazines. And then Tika... Because you're still getting the feel. Tika as well, they have their own proprietary mags, which and there's it, nothing wrong with Onshoot CZ or anything like that. It is a little bit, if you're using it for a dedicated trainer for your centerfire just, rifle... Just a consideration. It's a little little different. Just keep that in mind in consideration. Not saying that well, there's AICS often, mags is better, but... There's often two separate but sometimes overlapping schools of thought here. You have long-range training. You have your PRS-type training rifle. That needs to emulate your, your match gun closely. So with something like this, it's, it's the same trigger release. It's yep. the same or, chassis, or I guess, I guess, same, same everything release. here, but also, well, also the same matches, trigger could be. Yeah. In, uh, in matches that require more, more magazines, guys will have pouches. You can fit these 22 magazines in your same short-action mag pouch if you run one of those. So you can get, so you can get used to the whole reloading process. And another, before we leave magazine, something I want to mention on the, mm -hmm. the T1X. So, in general, the T1X has the same footprint as a T3. Yep. However, Generally. however, not all T3 chassis or stocks will fit the T1X. T1X has a couple minor considerations, which will cause you some issues if it's not allowed for. So, the, the bolt stop on the T1X on a, like a conventional manners uh, where the sidewalls are high like it's a center fire, the bolt notch will not line up. So there may be some considerations there or as some newer stocks came out, come out, they're kind of moving down that line so the, the, the side of the stock doesn't come up as far around the action uh, like with his new LRH. Um, but basically, so the one consideration is the bolt stop. That may have some conflict with your T3 chassis, but then also the hardware, the, the giant cap screw that holds the magazine hardware to the receiver comes down and will uh, actually hit the partition between the magwell and the hole where the trigger drops down through. So there needs to be about a half inch of relief on that, and not all stock makers are keen to that yet. So. Um, AI is the first one to bring out a specific T1X uh, chassis that I'm aware of where it has the magwell suited to it. You know, all of the other ones, you've got your normal full-size centerfire magwell and you're just chucking that little mag up in the big hole, which really isn't a big deal. I've been doing it for if you as long as the T1X you can has been out. See a little bit. So, oh, yeah, right. so that is yeah. the, uh, that's the scenario on the AI and then generally on everything else, you're going to be chucking it up in a normal AICS, you know, size magwell, which again isn't a big deal. But they went the extra mile on that one. They did it right, and that's yeah. good because the T1X, especially, we all love it. A lot of people love it. We're trying to get it back in stock because there's about a million people mm -hmm. that have it backward. But um, it's good to see that that support by companies like AI to make their own chassis for us, especially so, for price point. Getting into it, right. yeah, we have this bang in for a, the dollar. We have this in a. $1,800 chassis right now. But, <laughs> yeah, $500. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, but, is, it is the for, least expensive on the table. But for five and, five and change, and there are other companies out there that are making, like what we were talking about, that you right. could do a three, four, you could do just about as much with this as what I you mean, can do. I mean, we've got a handful of other carry, chassis. Little carry GRS. Do they GRS, have, Wooks, yeah. um, Masterpiece, mm -hmm. and the MDT, KRG is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that, well, Luke took that and tested it out after I had, I had, I have between four and five thousand rounds through it between my son and I. It must have taken forever. I have only pulled a boar snake through it ever. Okay. So he it was. It doesn't take that long. He was very concerned. 
about the condition of my lead and everything, and turns out it was very impressive. It was what point <laughs> one seven in a five shot group. <laughs> I don't know. We cleaned, it, cleaned it up, took it out, fouled it up, and uh, and tested it across. And that the was with numbers. factory factory stock. It wasn't in this setup. Yeah. It was factory stock. It just went in that stock the other day. So with a with a vortex venom. Quality like a five hundred dollars scope, a Harris bipod, and game changer rear bag at fifty yard. It's just you were impressive. shooting a minus plus center X center X. Yep. Right. Well, it was why. Yeah, he yeah. shot six. I think. Yeah, I did seven or eight different types. lots. I did six to seven different types of ammo, but yeah, the center X that a lot of center X in that rifle was just very impressive. And so just one, something quickly on the T one X before we leave that. So yeah. so here's the factory T one X synthetic stock, um, and something you can do if you don't want to go crazy on the chassis. Um, Tika has uh, different, you know, wider forends. You can get different grip angles, and then you can get rid of the factory hard plastic butt plate. It, it basically fits all of the the T3 stock uh, replacement parts as well. So change the grip angle, change the butt pad, change the forend. So this barreled action and that stock is coming in at five ninety nine. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Which for a twenty two that shoots as well as that does, it's fantastic. Yep. Yes. And that's Triggers. kind of we Triggers can go up, go up that line yeah. too. Five ninety nine Tika stock. You're looking at ten sixty nine for the Bagara, and you're looking right around eleven sixty nine yep. plus or minus a few dollars here and, on, and there. And on the CZ, you're, you can get into them in the sixes. So correct. They make their MTR, which is right around seven fifty eight hundred, which is a fantastic rifle as well. That's more set up for a bench rest style, but yeah. you can go anywhere from. Like six to seven hundred dollars on your CZ up to sixteen hundred dollars, where they took the four fifty seven mm. and put it in a manner's precision. And this is considered the four fifty seven tactical. Correct. So here's a question I have. A lot of the times, I could tell you, you know, what does where does your money go for a good center fire rifle? Not counting things like they have an expensive chassis on it. What type of performance additives per dollar do you typically see that are uniquely twenty two? Like. Where does your money go in something like in something like this, or even like ammo? Like the yeah, ammo, <laughs> ammo testing. Yeah, I mean, ammo is is the most significant expense other than the original firearm. Mm. But you know, not price per round per se, but sinking money into going and finding that shoots the best. That the lot that lot. your rifle likes the best. Yep. Right? So the yeah. question is something like in this scale here, which is not your average layout of twenty twos. Uh, this CZ for a little over a thousand bucks. Would you say get this and spend five hundred dollars on ammo, as opposed to getting something like a fifteen hundred dollar twenty two, as well? Like, how would you go about figuring that out? Because um, with the the variance that you can get with different twenty two groups, and I I took this uh, Voodoo out a few months ago to do some shooting, and there were some good differences. But honestly, a lot of them shot. Pretty well. I was, I well, was, that was fifty yards too. When you're, was when 50. you're going to two hundred, it'll and it's all dependent separate. on. That's a, that's a little bit of a loaded question too. Because if you, of course look, it is. If you look, <laughs> yeah. I'm here to just make you uncomfortable on camera. Exactly. To people in the comment section. I think we exactly. should. I think we should have just named the podcast that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What makes you uncomfortable? Yeah. <laughs> you're forced to make a make a comment that people. But are going gonna, on to something like that here. So say you look at this voodoo for a barreled action. You're looking at eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars. Plus, then you get a chassis and everything like that in the whole scheme of things. These shoot SK Standard Plus amazing when you find that right lot. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, it's not going to be as consistent as what your Center X or Midas or something along those lines, but these you can find lots of SK Standard Plus, which is right around $600 a case, $620 a case, and they shoot very incredible out to 100 to 150 yards. And that's kind of, and same thing with these two. That's kind of where do you want to shoot? So if you're planning on targeting game engagements of like 150 and in, you don't you, need to you spend, can spend a whole money. lot less on everything. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can get away with shooting SK Standard Plus, SK Rifle Match, and still shoot very competitive groups because with 22s in a 10 shot group, if you're running out at 100 yards and 100 yards plus, if you're getting minute of angle to three quarter minute of angle groups, that's excellent. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. It's yeah, not. You're. It's very seldom are you going to see quarter minute groups in a ten shot group. I mean, yeah, you can do it in threes and fours, fives, mm -hmm. but that's not really testing rim fire. And that becomes more the shooter's capability and the rifle's capability. Correct. Right. Right. Especially 
watching that group form. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Psychologically. Kiefer's a real big uh, yeah. fan of That's why I like shooting at distances where I can't see the group. Uh-huh. Yeah, me too. I'll, I'll, I'll back off the power on the scope. Like, nope, don't need to see this. I can... Yeah. We'll figure it out when we get down there. <laughs> yeah. I can shoot a three-shot group great, but a five-shot I can't do. I psych <laughs> myself out all the time. Naturally. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I do want to mention here as well is it's easy to get caught up and spend a ton of money on this stuff. But a lot of the times from the people that I talk to and friends of mine, they want to learn long-range shooting, but they want to do it. Like, How cheaply could you get into it? So uh, five ninety nine. A yeah, three hundred dollars scope. Yeah, scopes. I want yeah. to talk scopes real quick because, oi, give me that. This is a Vortex Venom. Yep, five twenty-five. I'd say all things considered for price, this is going to be the best learning scope to use for not only just for rimfire but for centerfire. But it's good on rimfire, I think, for a couple of reasons. It's got a fifteen-yard parallax, which, which is, is nice key Perfect. on a rimfire for rimfire. If you're just Reasonably casually getting into it, I would say, and you'd go 25 yard 25, absolute minimum yeah. for parallax. Mm. Uh, 15 is great, but a maximum know, minimum of 25. A max min, max mini, or a min max of, yeah, max min, max min of 25. Stick to that, you'll be good. It's got about 85 minutes of total travel, which if you put this on a 20 minute rail, you're hitting 300 yards on, on this. The uh, turrets are nice, the glass is good. It's 200 bucks cheaper. No, 300 bucks cheaper now, I think, than the Strike Eagle that it's based off of. And uh, yeah, for uh, 500 bucks. And right now, we're, we're filming this on the 17th of May. Uh, till the end of the month, we, we have a lot of Vortex at 50% off MSRP, which I think gets this down somewhere, dare I say, in the high threes. Well, the other, another consideration, yeah. even one step below that, is the Diamondback Tactical. Diamondback Tactical yep. is, a is a good a, option if you're. If you are, you're giving up a a couple things, though. The turrets are a bit more difficult to keep track of than something like this because they don't have as nice like a zero-stop type thing. And I think the glass on this is noticeably better. But, uh, but yeah. The uh, minimum budget, you could be out of it for eight, nine hundred bucks. I mean, you're under a thousand. Yeah, five, six hundred for the gun. Um, Other scope brands that have close parallax. And basically, what what you want in a rimfire trainer scope, especially one at budget and you're being really, really selective, exposed turrets, I suggest at least 75 MOA of total travel. Put that on a 20-minute rail, you're hitting 300. A reticle that is set up in either MOA or mills. First full complaint. intelligent reticle. Intelligent yep. reticle. A Christmas tree reticle. A little bit, little bit more intimidating to learn at first, but better in the long run. First focal plane, really advise it. And uh, a, a closer parallax. You don't need a ton of power, though. You don't. Right. Because right. at yeah. shooting 22 especially, you know, you can get a lot of practice done Even at if it's a 10, 10x. 200 yards. Yeah. yeah, 10x, 200 yards. Like So that, that Diamondback Tactical, they do a, what, a 4 to 12 or a 3 four to 12? 4 to 6. There is a 3 to 12. There's yeah. a 3 to 12, mm-hmm. 1 inch tube. But there's a 4 to 16 as well. I think the 4 to 16 is the one that you start to have the parallax adjustment. I think the 3 to 12 is fixed. Yes. So it, I would say avoid, adjustable avoid that one for yeah, this yeah. particular. 4 to 16, 6 to 24. They have 8 and 10 yard parallax on there. Yeah, yeah. So that, that short parallax is nice. But uh, something like that, you're into it for about 300 some bucks. Athlon has a ton of scopes that meet those same parameters yep. for less for about 300 bucks or so. So when you pair that up with some you know, 60 $70 rings, $60 rail. So you're out the yeah. door under $1,000. bucks. Yeah, for a really good yeah. shooting, you can take that to 300 yards. And again, this right. is somebody that's just getting into it and wants a to do yeah. a, a rifle. Yeah. For the people that already have a, a tactical mm-hmm. centerfire, yeah. they're going to have a little bit different design of what they want as a right. rifle based upon trying to, to, to mm-hmm. mimic the features that their centerfire has. And especially okay. going back to real, here real quick before we keep rolling on with yeah. the rails that we were talking about. Most common with these two, we were talking 20 MOA rail, which is very common with centerfire. But with all these rim fires we got out here, there's options for 20, 30, 30. and 40 MOA yeah, rails. So, like this one here is a 40 MOA rail, yeah. so you can get even more travel right. out of which it. Which really and depends on the scope you you're going to pick. It, yes, it does. and Speaking you can still get a 50-yard zero with a 40 right. MOA rail, where sometimes with centerfire, you're running a big MOA, you might not be getting a 100-yard zero. Where with rimfire, you can still get your 50-yard zero, even with a very high inclination. Yep. Speaking of uh, scopes and rails and travel and such, I want to try and ascertain kind of where where does it, 
where does the setup go from sort of normal everyday to highly specialized? Because most scopes have about between 80 to 100 minutes of travel. And with those, you can put 40, 50 minute rail on that if you're really trying to eke it out as best you can. And uh, what, uh, 20, let's see, 400 yards on the 22, on my 22 is, according to my Kestrel here, 22 and a half mils. So that's, what's that in MOA? About, um, it's about 80, something like that. Mm, 80, close. 80 MOA. So, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's cutting it pretty close. That assumes you have a scope with 80 minutes and you put it on a 40-minute rail and you can still get your zero and you can just barely get there. So with most scopes and most rail options, you can get most 22s out to 300 yards, provided the ammo is good. Yep. Once you start flirting with 400, I think... Yeah, beyond three, it's, it gets a little different. Beyond three, yeah, you got to yeah. be really selective yeah. about your, For sure. your, your rail slope, your scope travel, and... Uh, 22 is pretty is pretty solid out to you know 200 yards or so if the wind's calm. Once you go past that though, it's yeah 300 uh, still starts to get swirly. Yeah. But even even on the budget rigs, you know you're talking about you know uh, originally uh, with that that T1X there with mm-hmm. four to five thousand rounds through it in the regular plastic stock. Mm-hmm. Well, which in fact it wasn't in the original plastic stock. It was in a compact T3 stock because mm-hmm. I needed it to fit my son. Um, as far as 300 yard capability, I watched him hit a prairie dog silhouette. It was at least, I think it was six times in a row. That's, that's what about this? So, uh, about this big 16.9 ounce water bottle. Yeah. 300 yards. I have actual video of him hitting it six times in a row, which just blows my mind. And there's, there's something else that I do want to mention. It's easy to just spend a ton of money on this stuff, but if your goal is to save money, Shooting 22. It's kind of like that Stephen Colbert joke where if you're complaining about high gas prices, just go buy a Tesla. <laughs> you know, $60,000 to sit, you know, it, it, it's the same sort of argument that one could make if your goal is to save money. Right. That's why I, I wanted to mention how cheaply right. you could get into right. this. So you need to balance Six, 600 to 6,000. Yeah. So you, you need to balance where you're saving money. If you're buying something like this to practice with your trainer rifle, you need to shoot a, a ton of 22 to make it financially, mathematically speaking, worth it right. as far as that goes. Right. And both but, of them are fun because, I mean, all four of us sitting here at the table have either owned both or have shot a lot on mm-hmm. both, both your budget builds or your $4,000 setups. And exactly. they both serve their own purposes, but they're both... That's what's awesome about Rimfire is it, it's fun. Every time you mm-hmm. go out, it's frustrating as heck, but it's still And <laughs> it's everybody still can do it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the availability of ranges... That's well, things. we're lucky we can it, do yeah. it around our homes. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have that ability. We have a small range. It doesn't bother the neighbors. And that's uh, a big thing too with like types of matches like NRL 22 and the PRS. They're starting to pop up everywhere because you can run a great match if your local gun club has 200 yards. Yeah. You can yeah. run an amazing match. Just tighten up the MOA size on your targets and yeah, just adjust it. Make 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 the position harder. Make make the target smaller. You can definitely. Have some fun doing that. And even still, even just at your local club shooting a 50 or 100-yard bench match, taking one of these out rear bag bipod and shooting paper is... It's fun. It's amazing. Yeah. Especially when you can sit there and do it all day without hearing protection. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you're not spending all day in the reloading room either afterwards. Um, Number one question that is probably out there about rimfire is, and we have this on the daily here in the office, is how do you clean them? What is your... (laughs) Cleaning regimen. That's probably well, the number one thing. And I know me and Jason go back and forth on this on the daily, and everybody else does. Everybody else has their own theories, everything like that. So, I mean, you can shoot a case through it and only pull a brush through it or every three to 400 rounds. I know typically here, like on your Tikas with a little bit open chamber, they're a bench chamber, stuff like that. They're not as a tight consistency match chamber. They're still a match chamber, but it's not as tight as what, say, a Voodoo is. Because I know, like, me and Kiefer, with our Voodoos, it's about every two to 300 rounds. We're cleaning them. Because you can definitely notice. How, what do you notice? The group opening up. group, group opening up. up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you just so let it tell you when it... Yeah, yeah and that's yeah. the biggest thing is let your know your rifle. Yeah. And that's what I tell everybody is know your rifle. Because I have on shoots that I can go seven, 800 rounds and nothing. And then all of a sudden, your rifle is going to be like, hey, probably need to run a couple patches and some... And some stuff down, yeah. Yeah, like uh, on a weekend, if my son shoots this, uh, you'll see the groups open up. Mm. Uh, I'll st- I'll just run a bore snake through it. The overall and theme it goes here, right back. 
is listen to your rifle, right. and the cleaning regimen is very minimal. Yeah. yeah, it is. And that goes into ammo testing as well. And that's, mm-hmm. we could have a whole separate episode of podcast on mm-hmm. ammo testing. There's some great resources out there from Lapua and Ely about having your rifle sent out there, getting it tested for specific lots mm-hmm. and everything like that. There's also some other uh, service or special thing done with 22s where you, you cut the barrel at a certain length down towards the muzzle. Slug it. Yes. Yes. Can you explain that? Yeah. So what slugging is, is that, so you pretty much take, you take a, pull it, take it, and push it down through. And as you go down through, you'll feel the tight spot on a barrel blank. And at that barrel blank, that's where a lot of gunsmiths say that's where your most accuracy is. So it's slugging or choke, like or choking, they call it, because you want that bullet exiting Only at, the with their spot. At, at the tight Only spot. At the tight spot. And the reason why we don't care about that as much on center fires is there's more pressure behind the bullet, and the mm. bullet continues to obturate and fill the bore where the 22 once it's squeezed down it doesn't come back there's yep. no rebounding there's no yeah and they're not jacketed right correct they might be plated but they're not jacketed and, and that's another thing speaking Softer. of ammo you're going to see the lubes that that various manufacturers use you'll see the buildup on it yeah right. so and also well that okay that plays into something i wanted to mention um and maybe part of why my boar snake regimen might have worked is because i would tend to do it right after we're done. So everything's That's, warmed up. Yep. It's not sitting there crusty. Okay, so a few days ago, I asked uh, people on Facebook to leave their 22 questions. So there's a few yes. here. I'm um, hoping uh, someone, at least one of you guys can answer it. I'm sure you can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first question, uh, and you also touched on this a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but if you could kind of reiterate. Uh, first question from Jeremy Smith. Why choose 16-inch versus a 20-inch barrel? Uh, from a velocity perspective, when it velocity, comes to 22. Yeah, we, we did mention that. My take on it is 16-inch barrel. Like I'm more the practicality. I'm not trying to max out the, the performance of a 22 myself. I want that tiny bit of extra drop, and I want this gun to be small, especially when you put a suppressor on it. Mm-hmm. So from a velocity standpoint for yep. learning, I'd say go short. If you're trying to wring out every molecule of performance from the 22, Go, go ideal. longer. Yeah. Go yeah. eighteen twenty. Sixteen. You're still good to two hundred though, which yeah. can still accomplish a whole oh, yeah. whole lot. That's yeah. kind of what I always told everybody. Everybody would kind of ask me, "Hey, what's your preferred barrel length?" And I would say, "Well, if you're going to run suppressed, go eighteen. Just if, don't mess up the crown because you correct. can't shorten the barrel and re- recut it." Correct. So that's why I'd always say eighteen. If you're going to go suppressed, go twenty to twenty-two. If you're going to go unsuppressed, yep. just mm-hmm. for practicality and velocity. Yeah. Next question uh, from David Wells. What is the best way to true your dope using velocity and BC? That one's that was gonna be trial and error, I think, isn't it? Well, the BC like that assumes that you have your kestrel and, and yeah. the data that it's spitting out is not matching what you're shooting downrange, it's not matching what you're observing. Yeah. So a lot of the times you have to get your hard data at the range that you're looking at. Right. And but, then, br- well, and briefly, what I've done on it before, I I keep uh, a profile on my kestrel, which is just sub 22s for now i haven't named it to be each gun just because i've been bouncing around perfecting things switching brands switching ammos so i'll just you know i'll i know at 200 yards it's about seven mils Mm. i'll put seven mils on shoot and then i'll just tweak well i can get the i can get the velocity you can know the velocity you know with chronograph and then i'll shoot and if it's 7.2 or whatever i'll basically just tweak the bc till it it lines yeah, up. so if you should have line everything a else pretty up. standard number to start at for BC, especially with Lapua, Center X, and Midas Plus, and even SK Standard is 0.123. Easy number to remember. Yeah. One, two, three. Start there, and then you can tweak it yep. Tweak it as confirming once you get to 200 to 300, but yeah. that's a great starting point. Plug in your muzzle velocity, 0.123, and then if you need to adjust it a point or two here or there. Yeah, based mine on came up load. as 0.132 yep. uh, is what my overall was that met my accuracy. And, and yep. each barrel can affect to, that. To, address, so. to, to get to his his the meat of his question is, if you have data at what, 50, 100, 150, 200, you have the hard data that your rifle has shown you, write that down. And back into it. And then you can tweak your BC on your Kestrel, your app, whatever you have, until it until it lines Best up with fit. all of those. Yeah. Yep. Because just doing it at one distance isn't good enough. You need more Multiple. data points. Yep. So having having four or five data points between min and max range is going to give you enough to get a nice curve out of it. So then uh, BC is what we suggest you tweak first. 
just a little yeah, bit here. Yeah, because generally you can get a velocity, you know, get an observed value on that pretty well yeah. with the chronographs these days. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's going uh, back to that conversation too that we were having about extreme spread, especially when you're starting mm-hmm. to shoot long range. Having a very low extreme spread on your lot of ammo is is going to score you more hits out of three. Again, four, high, round, high round yeah, counts it'll too. It'll all come into it. Though. High round counts can't just do a three five round group per distance. Got, I wish. Get, get a ton of rounds <laughs> in there. Yeah. I wish really fire was as easy as center fire, racking five down going, yeah, we're good. That's a good load. No, uh, it's going to be... But to address what he was getting at, I'd say at least 10, 15, 20 rounds yes. per range to really yeah. get a good sample size. Cool. Uh, the only other question I have on here uh, from Scott Tucker, he asks, Anschutz, am I saying that right? I've never said before. No one says it right. Some people put the letter L in it. I've done that before. I used Anschutz. to call it Anschultz. Yeah, that's, that's a Pennsylvania thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's the actual pronunciation? Do we know? Anschutz. 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 No one actually when you hear Jochen say it, that's the only way. Yeah, Anschutz. <laughs> okay. So Anschutz is known for, quote, choking their 22 barrels. Do any other manufacturers do this? Sounds pretty rude. Yeah. I mean, if they like it, but. I know Anschutz does. I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. <laughs> <laughs> I know Anschutz chokes their barrels, and I'm not 100% sure of the processes, what they use to determine choking from what I've been explained it as, is it's essentially slugging, is that they're cutting their barrels at their heart at the time. Wherever that point happens to Correct. exist, it's a hammer. not lapping it into it. Okay, so because those are hammer forged barrels, aren't they? On, on the Anschutz rifles? I always thought they were. Forged? I thought I assumed they were buttoned. Because but. you could. You, we can. I'm going to speculate to here. So yeah. I'm going to speculate that if it is a hammer forged barrel, wouldn't it be reasonable that you could have the what's it the the mandrel that the barrel is is hammered onto? That'd be you the could, choking point. You could tool that so that it's a tiny bit right. narrower at the muzzle than it is further back. It generally, the can be accomplished with lapping too, if you want to True. lap a choke into. That's also, a really good question. So, also to elaborate, just because I'm not as knowledgeable as you yeah. guys are, um, explain to me and other people who might not know what is what is choking. I mean, he I mean, would, I know shotguns what a choke is, but in this yes. in this instance, what does he what does he mean? He kind of touched on it with slugging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're basically are the terms you're, interchangeable? The, this slugging is physically pushing a bullet, bullet only bullet, a lead slug through with the a, bore with a rod. Right. Right, right, right. So right. you'll find you'll you'll it'll get tighter, 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 tighter. Get to the tightest spot. You want to mark it. And you push it more, and it gets freed up. Like so the, the, the barrel will bell mouth a little bit because yeah. of how the lapping was done or whatever. The diameter of the barrel of the, of the bore is a very tiny amount smaller. Right. Like about one ten thousandth of an inch. Yeah, something tiny like that at some length, 20 inches down the barrel. And that's where they want to cut so. it then. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. For the end of the barrel. So the tightest tolerance of the taper. Correct. And ideally, yeah. I mean, you want to find... Yeah. In the bore. Ideally, you want to find a rimfire barrel. But I mean... <laughs> I've seen them. I've seen them all. I've seen barrels that have been loose and then they get really tight at the end. Shoot great. I've also seen them shoot bad. I've seen barrels that have been. That's what's tough perfect, about all this. There's perfect no... consistency. The same amount of pressure going the whole way down through after you slug them and shoot like garbage. Shoot like garbage or shoot like the best barrel you've ever seen. Yeah. So that's what's fun and absolutely frustrating about rim fires. That's where. That's why I don't put too much. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not chasing groups. Just I'm just out. I'm out there to have fun and practice. And, you know, if it's a half inch at 50 one day, if it's a quarter inch at 50 a different day, great. You're doing good. <laughs> if you're trying to do competition, <laughs> that's, that's a different that's story. Different story. Yes. You need to pull out all the stops for performance there. But for most people just casually shooting 22, I'd say that's, a, that's, that's getting a little bit serious. Yeah. I just want to make a quick mention before we get a bunch of questions I don't have an answer to. Um, the Blue Do. Let me guess. Does it involve AI? Uh, it does. So <laughs> I call this the Blue Do which is the Voodoo in the ATX chassis. Um, and this is the T1X Sandu. in the Elite Sand uh, T1X ATX chassis. A uh, couple things. we These are prototypes. We have no idea when they're going to be available. Hopefully, we'll see some prod production before the end of the year, but the I red don't one's have called confirmation the on that. The redo. That'll work. <laughs> but also, uh, a quick point for those of you that have video on this. Um, this blue stock is what uh, they've kind of talked about as the Gen 2 version where it's uh, still Allen wrench required to adjust the length of pull and the cheek. And then the Elite Sand version here is actually what will be the production chassis version. Um, These guys just graciously sent this to me in the last few days to, to 
so we could incorporate it into this discussion. So that one actually has the folding stock knuckle already on there and has the thumb screws to do length of pull and the uh, cheek height. Come on, so, muscles. Same, same kind of uh, fold hinge that you're used to on AI and uh, rock solid as they've always been. So because my uh, main rifle I've been running for a while is an AX, that's why I'm choosing that direction um, for, for my trainer rifles. They are very sturdy too. It's almost like holding when you're holding one of those. It's Heavy. almost like yeah, That's you're almost rock. like you're holding something that was chiseled out of stone. Mm -hmm. yep. You ran it. Yeah. And it's just a 22. Yeah, that's what's funny. I was shooting the uh, Blue Dew here a, a few weeks ago, and it was that's heavy. It's heavier than my M24 somehow. Now, anyway. here's a question for you. Yeah. Speaking of weight, in I guess this is go this goes beyond 22, but in all of all things precision shooting, mm -hmm. if you're doing just bench, because we talked about weight on rifles while yeah. you're hunting yeah is there do you want a lightweight do you want a heavyweight does the weight all of affect? the weight you can manage weight is good yeah. for a couple things um in the internal ballistics of it your little impulses and your your positional imperfections as you're holding the rifle if the rifle's heavy the rifle's not going to move or from that muted yeah um and, and less recoil it, and it's less recoil because it's more mass to move from the shot. Which means you can see your shot impact, which is pretty much the most important thing in long-range mm -hmm. shooting is seeing your own impact through the scope. And then measuring with the reticle, which is why we, we like Christmas tree reticles and right. that sort of thing. Um, but uh, one thing to the, the uh, counterpoint on that, it's difficult to shoot a lightweight rifle very accurately. Yeah. The lighter it, it is, the harder the it is to shoot. Yeah, for the same reasons in reverse every little heartbeat every imperfection that you deliver to that rifle as far as the the forces onto it uh the rifle is more more susceptible susceptible yeah, yes yeah. to actually translating that into a moving <laughs> muzzle including your heartbeat yeah <laughs> so if anyone has any more questions on 22s the kind of stuff we talked about what's the best way to uh get a hold of you guys by phone or email call in email in ask for any one of us and we'll be glad to answer any questions you guys got yeah just uh just be one thing I like to see is someone who kind of knows kind of what they want to do. So have a, have a good idea as to what you're trying to accomplish and just it helps us work through how to, how to set you help up. Help us help you. Yeah, yeah, help us help you. We'll walk you through what the availability mm -hmm. of everything is and your options and get you into something that, you, that you're going to be happy with. Yeah, because there's, there's tons of options. We, there's no, not enough time in the world to cover exactly. everything. So, yeah, just, and there's just, no single right answer. Yeah, so just give us a call. But, uh, but yeah, that'll wrap it up for this one. Uh, if you have any uh, further questions, of course, 570-368-3920 is our phone number. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.